This is exactly right. All right, Scotty. Hey, Curdy. Oh, this is a. Uh, here we go. Oh, Get so into excited. it. Taxidermists are turning mm. deer butts into ass quatches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, in 2020, the year of the banana, this is certainly bananas. Welcome to Bananas, everybody. I am Kurt Brownoller. And I'm Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Hold on, I hear birds. Do you hear birds, Kurt? I hear birds. Do you have birds? No, I think it's just, you know, New York wildlife. They're just... (laughs) Everyone's trying to be a star. (laughs) Gorgeous podcast. Well, you've just heard her voice a little bit. Uh, she uh, used to be on the nightly show, host of MTV's Decoded. She has a book. Well, that escalated quickly, and just today was nominated for an Emmy for writing Woo! for the Oscars. Please Woo! welcome to the show, Francesca Ramsey. Pew, 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 pew. Air horn. Air horns. <laughs> oh, I wish I had my air. I usually have an air horn on my phone. Oh, <laughs> how you doing? Welcome. I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. So uh, what did you wake up and find out the Emmy news? Oh, I mean, I was like looking at my phone every five minutes. Like, where is the announcement? But then the cate- cool. the Oscars category is like live variety and they don't actually announce that. It's all like the big yes. categories. So mm-hmm. I had to like download a PDF from the Emmy website and like <laughs> do a deep search. <laughs> to find, so did you know, did you know that it was going to be nominated beforehand or were you just like searching to see? I was? knew there was a possibility like the Oscars mm-hmm. people reached out and asked for all of like, you need to get your address and all this stuff just in case you do win so they can send the Emmy to you. So that was like Amazing. two months ago they reached out. Um, so that was like very exciting. And, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where I'm definitely um, I feel very proud. But I also feel like the Oscars did a lot of the heavy lifting. Like the show was going to be sure. good no matter what. I just happened to be there. <laughs> so. No, no, no. Don't, you don't contributed. Okay, That's okay. right. You're a big part. You're part of the team. It's Thank all about putting you. a team together. <laughs> oh. Where are you going to put it? You're going to keep that Oscar when you win it? Are you oh, going to give it to mom or dad? I, what are you going to do? I, what? I, am I going to keep know. it? Are you kidding me? It's gonna, I'm going to take it everywhere with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to make it into a hat. That's oh. cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to carry it with me everywhere. I'm going to have like printed out like uh, copy photos of it if anybody wants to take one home with them. <laughs> Little just just like a uh, business card size that you mm-hmm. have in your pocket. I'm going to have fridge, fridge magnets, buttons, the whole night. <laughs> my, my wife I, has an Emmy, 
And for some reason, it's in the bathroom. That's where she keeps it. I think that's common. I think that's the most common place for it because, like, you want to put it out where people are going to see it, but you might not necessarily want to put it, like, front and center where yeah. you're like, okay, you're being a little showy. But uh, I think I would probably put it, I'd use it as a paper towel rack, I think, and just be like, oh, I'm out again. <laughs> what? <laughs> Best writing? Best comedy writing? Oh, um, congratulations. That's a really cool honor. That's Thank really great. you. I'm excited. Oh, you should be. So do you want to hear about, since you're, since you're an Emmy-nominated Oscar writer, can we bring you all the way down into the dirt? <laughs> uh, with taxidermists are turning deer butts into asquatches. Now, I, this is, and this is the reason that this is an unusual story for me to bring up, is, okay. uh, is that I just posted this to Instagram. And usually we, we don't post the stories on Instagram that we talk about on the podcast. Who cares? But it's just so visual. It had to be posted to Instagram. So hopefully people will be familiar with this when we start talking about it. I am going to screen share right now to show you guys these things because they are the funniest. Well, we are going to send Francesca. If she wins the Oscar, she's going to get the the Emmy. She's going to get the double prize because we're going to send you... An, an ass watch, if you oh, would. Yeah, you're God. getting both. You're getting the M and the ass. That's... I'm excited to see this. Um, something yes. about it tells me that it's not my aesthetic, but I'm going to <laughs> keep an open more. Okay. <laughs> Here Whoa. is the ass. This is one ass What? So, first off, uh, to me, my first impression is a deer's butt is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a very nice butt. Well, so okay, okay. I'm so confused. <laughs> this is a deer's butt, and then they put a face on it, or is that like, or is the butthole where the mouth is? I'm so the, thank you. I believe that the butthole is where the mouth is, mm-hmm. uh, and that is a face that's been, I guess, glued <laughs> onto a deer's behind. Yes. Uh, so they turn it upside down. No, I hate that one. <gasps> that one's yes. very upsetting. This one okay. is like a centaur, not a it centaur. It has uh, one cy- eyeball. Cyclops. Cyclops. And like the teeth look like, oh my God, they look like little tombstones all spread well, out. since podcasting is not a visual medium, if you go on our Instagram, you can see it or you can <gasps> Google Asquatch. But basically, if you imagine the butt of a deer, which we can all do effortlessly, now turn it upside down so the white tail the deer hangs down like a long beard <laughs> and sort of the hips the rear hips stick up in the air almost like um Cheers. larry uh yeah exactly like larry david's hair and then where the butthole would be is the nose or the mouth and then I, they <laughs> okay, that one's really good i just want to say i am horrified and impressed that you realized that the butt was upside down because i could not yeah. figure out what i was looking at but you are yeah. clearly more versed in deer butts than I am. Uh. I I sit around and describe all species butts to anybody that'll listen. Come here. We can we can cut it out. Don't worry. My dog is it. getting upset. Come here. Come sit with me. Well, they are certainly disturbing. They do yes. look like several of my uncles, which is extremely <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> I, I love won't name I, them. I love this one that is a, directly above a fire, uh, a fire alarm. That so is, yeah. if there's it, a fire, I'm <laughs> I'm screwed because I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is if you go back, if you you should pause the podcast right now and go to the Instagram about a week ago, uh, and you can take a look at. Oh, it's just magical. I hate all of these. Why did As you someone should. wait? Okay, so how much do these cost? Great or question. Are they like, great question. Or are they just free? I don't. Why would someone want one of these? Are they paying people to take these away from them? <laughs> yeah. These are nightmare-inducing <laughs> things. Uh, but if Kurt and I ever get back in the studio, in the Banana Studio, in the Exactly Right Studios, we got to get one, dude. we got to hang one up behind one of our heads. So every I time agree. the camera cuts to us, people scream and unsubscribe. Oh. I, think, I think we'll walk in there and uh, Karen and George will be like, uh, we're not putting this thing on the fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. That is truly upsetting. Also, a, I guess a creative use for the butt of a deer. No one is doing anything, I guess, with the butt of a deer. I, I, obviously, no one's killing a deer to have an ass watch. This is definitely like we're using every piece of the deer. Yeah, so I mean, way, I guess that's nice. a positive, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm trying so hard to say something <laughs> favorable about the deer butt but it's you just you can shit gross. on it oh you can shit on it <laughs> thank you <laughs> sometimes people ask me if maryland i'm from maryland francesca if that's a, a northern state or a southern state and a lot of people adamantly say it's a northern state and a lot of people say it's southern and then we all kind of just meet in the middle and say it's mid-atlantic but when i was in high school there were these two rednecks uh in my high school that would drive their trucks into cornfields and try to run over deer. They would try to hunt deer with their trucks. And what? to me, that's not a that's not something you're seeing all the time up north. So I always no. yeah, I know. It was insane. And uh you would be like, "Oh, where'd you guys go?" And they're like, "Oh, we just drove through the ca- other cornfields to try to hit some deer." And, you know, that's crazy. Wow. They're probably not alive those guys. They probably didn't see 30, but um <laughs> <laughs> well, karma comes for us all. I, yeah, they got some deer butts. They saw that thing the right side up, and then <laughs> and then got the pearly gates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then found codeine. Um, all right, wow. Scotty, give me one. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, this is from I think it's the Deccan Chronicle or the Deacon Chronicle. Uh, no writer, oh, and I wrote sorry. a little note. Oh, I sorry, apologize. buddy. Get I in always there. do this. It's okay. Uh, this is uh, Asquatch stuff was sent to us by at the pin bar, and uh, it's from the sad and useless internet site. <laughs> sad and useless. Good name. Yeah, uh, I like that they're just upfront about what they do. Yeah. That should be my production company, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> sad and useless. I'll type it. It'll suck. Um, Deck and Chronicle. No writer attributed to this because after I read it to you, you'll understand why. Woman in, quote, relationship with ghost from Australia wants to have a baby with him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, listen, her body, her choice. I, That's right. <laughs> I support you, sis. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, know. I would honestly, the more that I think about it, like, I think a ghost baby would be great. Like, yeah. Yeah. What kind of noise does a ghost baby make? What kind of formula do you need to feed a ghost baby? Like, babies mm-hmm. are very expensive. So if I'm going to yes. have a baby up in here, I want one that doesn't smell, that doesn't cry, that doesn't shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I cannot I th- see a downside. 
I think a ghost baby would sound like a regular baby crying backwards, like. <laughs> you were really good at that. That does not sound like a baby crying at all. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, man. Yeah, come meet my baby. Oh, okay. Uh, fair, fair. <laughs> this is why I'm yes. interested in a ghost baby, because I really don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yep. So here we go. A woman who claims to have turned her back on men to have sex with ghosts for more than 11 years is now claiming to be in a serious relationship with a specter. Listen, I'm not yep. mad. I'm not no. mad. I'm into Live it. how you want to live. If it's legal and consensual, get weird. Um, the UK-based spiritual guidance counselor, her name is Amethyst Realm, claims to have sexual encounters with 20 different ghostly lovers over 11 years. However, plot twist... She recently met a special spectral figure during a trip to Australia, a ghost who may turn out to be her one true love. Ooh, it's heating up. Uh, one day, while she was walking through the bushes, she felt his incredible energy and knew <laughs> that a new lover had arrived. Revealing details, of her, <laughs> revealing details of her relationship, she said, although she can't see her ghostly lover, she is able to communicate and have sex with it. She's not 100% sure if it is male. Uh, but the connection between the two is very real. And the ghost returned to the UK with her six months after they met. And it's still going strong, guys. I mean, amazingly, it's still going strong. She hopes to take things even further and added they have been thinking about having a ghost baby. Quote, I know that sounds crazy, but I've been looking into it. And I don't think it's totally out of the question. End quote. Up to up to the listeners to decide. Um, Amethyst went on to explain that she had a particular theory that phantom pregnancies are actually ghost babies, very strange, trapped in human bodies. She believes that some women can be impregnated by spirits, but because the human body and mind cannot process it, the pregnancy does not go to term. Quote, I'm sure there's a way around that. I just haven't worked it out yet. End quote. So, and this is sort of a nice little detail because, you know, having a child is a very, very big responsibility. Amethyst says her relationship with her first ghost lasted for three years, but it eventually petered out. Mm, did he ghost her? Oh. He ghosted her. <laughs> no, he lived her. Yeah. <laughs> he lived her. Um, <laughs> I will say I really like that she said that she's given up on men and so she's dating ghosts instead. Like mm -hmm. that just gives me a new appreciation for her because yeah. a yeah. lot of us, you know what I mean? A lot of us ladies are like, well, I guess I'm still doing this. And she was like, yeah. no, I don't have to take your shit. I'm going to go and get me a ghost man. Like I just, <laughs> I feel like it's so proactive. Yeah. Yeah, I feel right like thing. I also feel like it's indicative of just how hard it is to date right now <laughs> as well. <laughs> that it's like preferable to not only date a ghost, but then raise a ghost baby as well. Like, does the ghost baby mm -hmm. just stay a baby forever? Ooh. Or at what point does the baby grow up? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and then if it is a ghost baby, does it like haunt your house? Does it does it get to leave or does it just like always hang around your property? There's so yeah. many deep, 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 deep questions. If you leave really... your Roomba on, does your Roomba suck up your ghost baby and then just keep <laughs> on moving across the living room? You really got to wonder what's going on. 
I, I'm on her side. It's funny that it flew on the plane. How does a ghost travel on a plane? That's that's why, the best thing. Why would a ghost take a plane? Like I would just think that a ghost would be able to just magically appear wherever it wants. Yeah. Yes. Did, did she, she order buy it a ticket? Oh, that's, that's the question. That is the question. If she bought it a ticket, then she really believes in it. And if she didn't yes. buy it a ticket, I don't buy it. <laughs> She's a bad citizen. She's just ordering two Bloody Marys at a time. This is just a scam to get two Bloody Marys at a time on flights. I support Hi, her either way. <laughs> yeah, me too. Francesca, I enjoyed you had a Twitter rant the other day about dating um, where you were oh. trying to teach men yes and. <laughs> oh, listen. If more dudes knew how to yes and, like it's the easiest trick in the book, but every single time, I mean, granted, I'm not dating right now, but like, when mm-hmm. I was going out on dates, I was just having all of these times where anytime I would say something, the conversation would just die. Like the guy would <laughs> really? not, the conversation would just be over. And then like, I this, would, this isn't about me. <laughs> <laughs> what do I say? To, one time I went on a date with this guy and the whole conversation was just him the whole time. He was being like Yikes. super negative the whole time. And then. Towards the end of the day, I was like, well, I have to go. Um, I'm, I got a pack. And he's like, where are you going? And I was going to L.A. for work. And he was like, oh, what are you going to L.A. for? And I was like, oh, I sold a TV show. And he's like, you're a TV writer? I'm like, yeah, we spent this entire date talking about you. Wow. No, nothing about me. So now I'm going to wow. go. <laughs> uh, See that's ya. such a great way to fucking exit. I was just like, bye. He was like, wait. Yeah. I, just like, I just like left. It was it was just I just I let him do it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let you talk about yourself and see where this goes. And he never asked about me. It's such. a Yeah, that's a, horrible. Yeah, I think it's that happens like, a lot. I've heard it happen so much and it seems just so crazy to me because it just doesn't go by the rules of what conversation is. <laughs> yeah, but I also learned after like going on a few dates and like I, I didn't know this was a thing because I am still recently single. I got divorced last year. And so, so much in dating has changed. Like I was in my 20s oh, the last yeah. time I was single, but I learned about this thing called negging, which is mm-hmm. where you are supposed to like break down a girl's confidence so that when you do give her a compliment, she like gobbles it up because her self-esteem is so low now. Mm -hmm. And a number of guys would do this to me on dates. It was so, it's, I never, it makes no sense to me, but someone taught them this, like a, some guy who's like a pickup artist or something. Yeah. That's a yeah, he had a VH1 show, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a VH1 show, and this dude... With the big hat! With the big hat! Yeah, he was mi- peacocking. <laughs> mystery? Mystery! <laughs> he looked like Jamiroquai. Uh, okay, don't, okay, first of all, what we're not going to do is soil Jamiroquai's name, because Jamiroquai was a handsome-looking man, okay? And, and a great guy, dancer. And that guy looked like an extra from, like, a Tim Burton film or something. He was True. so weird-looking, and not cute. He was. Um, and, but I actually had the exact opposite on a date where I, a a friend I was working with set me up and I went to a bar in LA and we were just going to grab a drink. It was like two strangers to the meeting and she worked for a beer company. She was like a beer sales rep. And so I started asking just questions about her day. And every time I asked any question, she's like, uh, and I'd be like, and so is it fun? Like, do you, do you hate driving in LA and doing all this stuff? She's like, nah, I don't know. And she just isn't like, and I'm like, okay, so I have a drink. And then I like the bartender's like, you guys want another round? 
And she's like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'll take one more. And then she goes to the bathroom, and it was my friend, one of my best friend's birthdays. And I was like, I'm going to be coming to this one alone. I'll see you in half an hour or whatever. And so it goes on where I just asked her questions. She never asked me a single thing about myself. She wasn't like, she wasn't even like enthusiastic about answering. So I'm like, oh, she just was doing this as a favor or something. I didn't know the dynamic. And I had never been on a date where somebody was so, talk about yes anding. It was just somebody that was, you would be like, um, do you have any siblings? And be like, I have a brother. <laughs> and you're like, oh, are you guys close? Do you hang out? Is he, is his head on fire? Like, wh- what is this man like? And she would be like, yeah, it's fine. He's like, yeah, he's, he's fine. He's, and you're like, okay. So it was the most boring date ever. And finally, after the second one, the bartender's like, you guys need another round. I was like, actually, I think I need to go to this birthday party. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, this has been nice, but I'm going to go. And uh, she's like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, it's my friend's birthday, and I got to go. And she's like, oh. And then we walk outside, and in my head, I'm just going, don't say we should do this again. <gasps> don't say we should do this again. Don't, Because I just never wanted to do it again. And um, we get to her car, and she's like, are you seriously going somewhere else? And I was like, yeah, I am. And she's like, oh. I had the best time. It gives me a hug. Her arms went straight out to the side. Like, she went full, like, Jesus Rio de Janeiro statue on me. And just, like, gives me this big hug. I was like, we should do this again. And I would, like, my brain clicked in. I just go, God, what a nice night. And then just walked away and never talked to that person again. Oh, but it, that is it so was, awkward. So I feel your pain. So you don't. So in that type of situation, you would rather yeah. just avoid telling her like you don't feel like it's a it's a match. You would just like you would just dip out. I was so confused that she had had a good time that I was like trying to figure out if I was maybe like not nagging, but I'm like, is this some tactic where you act like somebody is uh, drying cement and then all of a sudden it's their uh, sweet 16 because it was the strangest flip on me ever and I was like well I'll walk into your car but it was basically like don't kiss her don't say we should do this again let's just roll and then it became like the next day at work my friend was like how'd it go and I'm like I don't think we should go out again and he's like yeah totally I get that <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> thanks That's so strange. I can't imagine how she was interpreting. But also, this was the first time that you'd ever met her. So maybe like is kind of like her super enthusiastic. You know what I mean? Like maybe her her like vocal inflections are backwards or something. Yes. Yeah. And then just normally when she's just kind of like not interested in something, she just kind of like slumps to the floor and all her bones go away. And then she like slides (laughs) into a gutter. No, I was yep. going to say her like normal reaction is just like high pitched screaming, like she's like on a roller coaster. Oh, like, she was trying to trying to be cool. Everything oh, is like cool. is backwards for her. <laughs> she played it cool. She played it cool, like a like a corpse in a morgue. She played it super <laughs> cool. Super cool. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to take a little break, uh, but before we do, I will tell you guys this. Tease us, Kurt. Fox steals more than one hundred shoes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy 
happy price, price line. back uh thank you to everybody so far who has been sending these stories in uh if yep. you want to go to the bananas podcast on instagram and dm mm-hmm. us there uh we would love to chat with you uh this story fox deals more than 100 shoes was brought to us by hannah fletcher she's at thank breathing you. badly thank you hannah and of love course her. to just remind you we have the absolutely wonderful francesca ramsey talking with us oh yeah Francesca, how was it writing that book? Oh, my goodness. A lot of crying. Um, a lot. Uh, I mean, writing is just hard. I mean, uh, I, mm-hmm. you guys know, oh, yeah. but especially when mm-hmm. you're on a deadline and there's like this thing looming over your head where like if you don't, I mean, if you don't get it done on time, nothing's going to happen to you. Lots of people miss their book deadlines, but I was so stressed about making sure I was on time and making sure it was good right. enough and. Um, and thankfully, like, I'm super proud of how the book turned out and I was putting unnecessary pressure on myself, but, um, writing by yourself is just really, really not fun. (laughs) The only person I know who does it well is Scotty Landis. He is is a machine. He can do it. When I met Scotty, I met him 2005? 16 years ago. I think 14, four or five, yeah. You were probably in your early 20s. I was 23 or 24. When I met him, he was 24, he had already written five screenplays and and would just continually write screenplays that no one Mm -hmm. would ever read and no one would ever see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that is a talent. That's I don't have that. Oh, I hate it. I like, I now work with a writing partner and she's so fantastic because it's just nice to like bounce ideas off of somebody. Mm-hmm. Similarly yeah. to like when you're in a writer's room, like I have a really bad gauge of like if something is funny, if I don't have somebody else there to like reflect yes. it back to me. So yeah. you, oh my God, you're a genius. No, yes. it's not that. I write angry and I get it done. I just feel like. <laughs> I feel like nobody would ever have paid attention to me at all. And I didn't like, I didn't have any way in. So I was like, the only thing that I can control in this situation is getting scripts done and getting better with each one. And then I was like, eventually, maybe one of them will be good enough that people will start to pay attention or will hire me. And they did. And it was Kurt and Kristen early on. And it was this group of really funny comedians named The Variety Shack. And they would slowly, people started to be like, you should write with us. But it was self-preservation. And it was like a total lack of no other game plan. I was like, this is the only thing I can learn how to I do. I love that. And I, a lot of people that. in that situation would just do nothing. Like A lot of people are like, well, I don't have any opportunities. Right. And like, no one's here for me. So I'm just right. not going to do anything. And I knew that part, too. I knew that's why I did it, because I knew that most people just talk about doing things and never do it. And that was like my one sort of uh, come up was like I was like, I know everybody else is just going to not try and I'm going to be the one that outworks them all. And it worked. But um, but it worked. And now 
he gets to hear about this damn fox. <laughs> Tell me about this fox. Yeah. It is a reward for all of his hard work. This Thank is from, you. This is from Reuters. Uh, Love a it. fox is Berlin. A fox has been unmasked as the mystery thief of more than 100 shoes in the small western uh. German town of Foreign. I, it's F-O-E-H-R-E-N. If that's not foreign, I don't know. Or the authorities said Friday. Uh, yeah. I like this idea of a fox being unmasked. Uh, yeah. A forest worker stumbled upon the shoes strewn near the fox's den and found a trove of footwear down the hole, which had recently been stolen overnight from outside locals' front doors. First oh. off, that must be a German thing, keeping it your is. shoes outside. Outsides. That's it interesting. Is. That's definitely like a way to have a fox steal them, I would think. Uh, there was everything from ladies' shoes to trainers, said a local police spokesman. We cool. found between 110 and 120 so far. It seems a vixen stole them for her cubs to play with. I love the names of foxes' genders. genders. Vixen. Mm. Oh, what's a, what's a male fox, I wonder? Vixen and cubs. S- Steve. Steve, <laughs> this is we found one vixen and one Steve at the loan at their den. Uh, although many were missing laces, the shoes were in good condition, and their owners were delighted to reclaim them. He said, adding that no reprisals were planned against the culprit. Creepy <laughs> last sentence, <laughs> Reuters trying to yeah. be funny. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, then we might have had like fox butt things hanging on the wall or something Real long no day. more shoes i'm disappointed that the fox was just giving them to their kids or the cubs yeah. i really wanted it to end with like a link to the fox's poshmark where we could like buy the shoes because i love i love secondhand fashion i really do <laughs> Um, but it's like a fox who doesn't understand shoes, so it's just like a baby's shoe matched with like a loafer. <laughs> That's the pair that you could buy. But they're like really well photographed. And you're like, who took these pictures? Um, yeah, that, I didn't know that Germans were leaving their shoes outside either. They do. They do. I went to Berlin. Brag. Uh, I went to Berlin, but when I came back, I have a German friend named Flula Borg. Kurt, you've worked with Flula Borg. Oh, before. I know who Flula Very, Borg is. Yeah, super funny guy and a great actor, and I actually asked him about that. I was like, um, do you keep your shoes outside? And he's like, yes. He's like, you wear your shoes outside, and then I'm not making this. They're, I think they're called house shusha or something like that, and it's slippers, the equivalent oh. of slippers. So in, he said at his parents' house he's worn the same pair of house shoes or shoes for like uh, 25 years. But basically you wear your outdoor shoes, you take them off outside. So that explains it. So this fox oh, yeah. was just yes. prancing around, stealing kids. I love foxes. I get it. I I mean, I get not wanting to track the outdoors into your house, but usually like like Germans don't have a foyer. That's what the foyer is for. You leave the shoes there (laughs) and then you come into the home. You don't leave your shoes outside. Yeah, Germans build a shoe room. Yeah, what yeah, if it, mud room. What if it starts raining? What if it starts raining and your little I'm, shoes are outside? They have they have little houses. They have very efficient German little houses for their shoes. You put the shoes in this little like shoe house. <laughs> I was once I was once in Brigantine, New Jersey, right yeah. near Atlantic City. It was for Woo. a bachelor party. Uh, I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I and I was like kind of like it was a bachelor party, so we just had a house, and I was kind of high, a little drunk. And uh, I was like, I'm going swimming. And so mm-hmm. just me and one other gentleman 
walked from the house to the beach and the beach is there. It's like a big dune and then just like this Fun. big, uh, you know, big sand. And so I took my shoes off at like the beginning of the sand and left my shoes there mm-hmm. and went, went swimming, came back. And as I was walking back, fucking Brigantine has beach foxes. And it's the <gasps> only place that has beach foxes. This fucking fox just runs in, grabs my one shoe, and takes <laughs> off with it. And I was like, and there were brand new shoes. And I was like, what the fuck? And I just started running after it. And I saw him run. And then he like stopped and turned back at me. And I was so mad. And I was also a little drunk. And that I picked up the other shoe. And I just threw the other shoe <laughs> at him. And he Genius. just dodged. And then picked up both shoes in his mouth, <laughs> ran into the, into the dudes with it. What, and like, is was it like, with, what is it with foxes and shoes? My no. theory is my theory. What I had read at the time um, mm-hmm. is that it's the salt uh, from your fingertips on the laces that they like. But I don't know if it's true or not. It's like a little salt. Oh. They just lick them and then leave them. They don't really lick them and leave them. That's all. <laughs> We do first. You lick them, then you leave them. <laughs> wait, wait, Katie, Katie, you got that right? Lay a track. Send that to Kahan. I think we got the hit of 2021. <laughs> lick them and leave them could be good. Yes. Oh my God. And, that's and the for T-shirt for that's this. Listening, you know, I'm single, so lick them and leave them. It's it's a it's a whole strategy. It's gonna be. <laughs> someone give me a reality show where I can wear a big hat and teach ladies. How to lick them and leave them. That's all Heck I'm saying. Yeah. I'm in. Yes. I would watch that. <laughs> Wear a mask. Um, it is weird. Like, shoe stuff is strange, and people, like, humans have weird stuff. We we were doing this show once where it was, like, it was a prank show, and you get down to the last thing, and, like, you had to do, t- like, 10 steps to get a 1000 bucks. and we were in a shoe store in Manhattan, and the contestant was on, like, step 10, basically, and it was, like, for your final thing... And fi- and he had been doing the most maniacal, like he was just walking as if he was like um, asleep and walking into entire rows of shoes and mm-hmm. knocking shoes down. He was walking up to customers and in high heels and being like, do you think my husband would want these? And the people would be like, excuse me? He was doing anything we were asking him to do. And finally, uh, we were like, okay, for $500 put two pairs of display Uggs on your feet and put two pairs of display Uggs on your hands and just gallop three laps around the shoe store. <laughs> I, remember, I remember writing ideas for this one. <laughs> yes. And the guy, the guy into his microphone, he was wearing a hidden microphone, just goes, no. And we were like, just put Uggs on your hands and Uggs on your feet and get on all fours and gallop three laps for $500 in 30 seconds or something like that. And he was like, absolutely not. And then just quit and walked away and got, I don't think he got any of the money. I think it was like either get a thousand or nothing. And he wouldn't put Ugg, display Uggs on his feet and jog around like a horse. Did so- he ever say, did he have some sort of like moral objection to Uggs? I don't know what it was because he had put on so many other shoes. Like we were, you know, it was like for $25, put any display shoe on your head and just sit there. And if somebody comes over and asks you if you need anything, just say, no, I'm fine. I'm thinking about something. Like it was just silly the whole way through. But something about wearing boots on his hands, he was like, not, not happening. I like that that man had a line. 
I appreciate a line, even if it's yeah. the weirdest fucking line. Yeah. He was like, I will not culturally appropriate sorority girls and their footwear. <laughs> I That's absolutely, right. I have, I have a lot of respect for Delta Thetas <laughs> and their Uggs, and it's not happening. Not doing it today. <laughs> nope. Oh man, Scotty, give me another one. This one comes from Hannah Frischberg of New York Post. We love Hannah. Putting potatoes up your butt won't cure your hemorrhoids, doctors say. So <laughs> this is a real story in a real newspaper, guys. Potatoes only belong in one human hole. <laughs> doctors are... <laughs> There's a lot of holes. That's a good, opening. That's a good yep. opening line. Oh, the Post knows how to reel you in. Um, doctors are starting to get very concerned about people who subscribe to a dangerous home remedy touted on numerous websites involving inserting a potato into the rectum. Credible medical professionals are emphasizing this will not, in fact, help with hemorrhoids, also known as piles. Didn't know that? Grosser name. How do you make a grosser name than hemorrhoids, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Also... Are they suggesting we whittle these potatoes down a little bit before shoving them wholeheartedly yeah, up like our ass? Yeah, like little fries? Yeah, like little fries. Shoe string? That, maybe even, I, that makes sense. Maybe like a butt plug shape. That would be fine as well. But just a potato is around. <laughs> it seems tough to find an entrance point, just yeah. force-wise. You ain't lying, Kurt. <laughs> um, uh, quote... There's no medical evidence, and I do feel like our bananas need to hear this. There is no medical evidence <laughs> that putting frozen potatoes inside the anus can help cure hemorrhoids. So I would urge caution to anyone thinking of doing it, says Dr. Diana Gall. Um, Just go but- to the store and buy hemorrhoid cream. Like, this is, this is not something that we don't have a fix for. Yes. Yeah, also, we have also, a fix for it. Yeah, we got many fixes for it. But people love... They love to make stuff up. They love home remedies. People are super into it. Um, Also, here's a quote from a doctor. Hemorrhoids often go away on their own after a few days, but there are some tried and trusted ways to keep them at bay, like you guys are saying. Drink plenty of fluids, maintain a fiber-rich diet. Ooh, who doesn't love a fiber-rich diet? And have regular warm baths to ease pain. So this is where it comes from. I mean, there were a lot of websites. I kind of did a little digging. Um, the advice stems from the fact that potatoes have an astringent property, which in theory could serve to constrict bodily tissue, but in the case of hemorrhoids is ineffective, strange as it sounds. Um, a grated potato is an astringent and soothing, one site advises. Another advises, insert the frozen potato slice. There you go, Kurt. Slice. Slice. No. We're talking ranch fries, baby. Uh, ranch into <laughs> I was thinking more of like hash browns, like booty browns. Just Ooh. like just have shred it up. You know what I mean? I feel like shred that- it up mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff it up. <laughs> I'm glistening. Insert the frozen potato slide in your anus and leave it inside for 30 seconds. Also, that's not that long. Like, that's what would that just use an ice enough. cube at this point? What's happening? Yeah. Why a potato? Eat the potato. It's a quarantine. Um, repeat the process for three to five days. The next three to five days, leave the slice inside for 30 seconds more each time. So think about what's happening. Somebody is wow. making something up and then adding to it. They're making. <laughs> <laughs> they're not only are they saying like yeah stick a frozen potato up your butt they're like 
All right. There's a battle plan here, and you have to do it. Um, the ice-cold potato constricts the blood vessels, reducing the swelling and relieves your pain instantly. This is not true. This isn't the first time doctors have needed to beg people not to insert food into a non-mouth orifice. Great <laughs> sentence, Hannah. Over the summer, some British women needed a reminder that inserting ice pops into the vagina does not help cool you off. Debatable. Now, see, that one sounds like it could work. It does that, sound like it could work. That one sounds realistic. There's a sure. lot of blood vessels, right? It would cool the blood off, then the blood would travel to the rest of the body, cooling it off. That seems the to shape, make sense. Right. Also, doesn't seem as dangerous or difficult to do. It's also as a potato. It's also something in my lick 'em and leave 'em course. And I feel like this article suddenly <laughs> saying that it's not credible. I I think I'm gonna have to get in touch with this Hannah lady. Yeah. It's the Ramsey technique. <laughs> lick 'em and <laughs> Lick them and leave them conference at the <laughs> Ramada Inn on Route 35. Well, uh, Francesca no, no, no. Ramsey. We're doing it on we're doing it on Zoom. We're doing it on Zoom now. Uh, okay, but it's still <laughs> happening. <laughs> still two hundred fifty dollars a ticket. Yes, it's oh the step. It's the process that's the thing that fascinates me the most about these kind of things. And not only just thirty seconds, thirty seconds, but you know, like Kurt and I do a lot of stories about animals. And like a lot of thick crows use tools. Different animals figure things out. Things mm-hmm. drop things from afar. People, uh, dogs fake injuries to get free food and care. But like this person had hemorrhoids, was looking around their, I'm guessing home, saw a potato, saw their freezer, saw a knife on a cutting board, and you can just see like the Homer Simpson gears in their head spinning, and it's like doing the math and a beautiful mind moment. And then it was like, I'm going to stick that frozen potato up my ass. And maybe they went away on their own, and then this person, strangely, has access to the internet where probably thousands of people started doing this. I think it's more like a guy was sticking a potato up his ass and was like, I love this. I wish I could get a lot of people to do this because it would be cool if I could imagine other people doing it while I do it. And then he wrote a story to get people to do it. <laughs> yeah, I here. think that sounds very credible. That he, yeah. like his, his kink is knowing that other people... And it's not... And it's not just Ooh, the putting, I like that. it's not just the putting the potato in the butt that gets right. him off. It's the thought of someone being <laughs> like at their wits end and being like, what can I do to solve these hemorrhoids? And I'll like, try anything. I'll try anything. And like that's when he's just like, Yes, this is this is where my like SEO on this bad blog right. post is really gonna come in handy because <laughs> they are gonna be searching and I'm gonna be like the number two Google result. And then, yes. gonna, like, I think that there's some, like, weird freak who's into this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're looking at one now. I'm trying it right when we get off this call. <laughs> yeah. I am I am running to my farmer's market with a cooler as soon as we end this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you have God. hemorrhoids? No. Just um. loving it. You know, Scotty, I think it's, I think it's unfair uh, that you say that we do a lot of stories about animals. Um but here's one. Okay. Uh, that's three for three today. <laughs> that's three for three today for me. And I didn't notice until you called me out on it. <laughs> oh, I wasn't saying you. I was this saying is, us. Uh, this is, of course, sent to us uh, by Steve Shinners. Thank you, Steve. This is Love from, you, Steve. This is from the website The Young Witness. 
I don't know. Uh, sounds and, real. Yep. And I think it's Australian. And this is written, of course, by our best friend Robin Wuth. Uh, fantastic her. last name. Uh, Great. Emus banned from Outback Queensland pub. All oh. Right. Here it is. He can't fly, but I'm telling you, an Outback pub has banned Kevin the emu. <laughs> Whoa. The bird-brained emu and his mate, Carol have been barred from the Yuraka Hotel in Outback, Queensland. Is it Queensland or Queensland? I think it's Queensland in Australia. Don't know. For bad barroom behavior. After learning how to climb the stairs, Kevin's Hmm. exploits of rummaging through bins, stealing food and car keys, not to mention his poor toileting manners, (gasps) have become too much for the hotel, which has posted about their emu war on Facebook. The pub has had to ramp up security, courtesy of a rope across the entrance to keep Kevin and Carol at bay. The tiny town southwest of Longreach is home to about 20 locals who are still welcome to pull up a stool as long as they remember to put the emu barricade back. Emus have been banned from this establishment for bad behavior. The sign at the front door states, please let yourself in through the emu barrier, then reconnect, Mm -hmm. please. Uh, Mm. Queensland... MP David Littleproud had a close run-in with Kevin and his mates this week. <laughs> Quote, I thought the Yuraka locals were having me on with this sign, but Kevin apparently has attitude when he gets to the <laughs> bar. Mr. Littleproud wrote on social media. Pub Whoa. owner Gary Gimblet said Kevin and Carol are the last two emus from a flock of nine. They are beautiful, very friendly, a bit too friendly, if anything. They make a bit of a mess. And that is oh. from the Australian Associated Press. Hot wow. damn. I wow. love that. That's a town of 20 people. That's like Kaskaskia, Scotty. That, that's the tiniest little town in, in the outback. So I have to just I have either. to put this out there. I hate Please. when animals have people names. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's immoral. Yes. I think it's presumptuous. Like, you're a <laughs> fucking bird. You're a bird. You're not a human. Get a, like, no. a cool, trendy name, like a, you know... A cartoon character or a food mm-hmm. item, you know what I mean? But to mm-hmm. but to suddenly think that we're gonna call you Kevin and Carol, like the the bar behavior mm-hmm. is egregious. I'll agree, but like the name <laughs> thing is just like a bridge too far. <laughs> yeah, I would love, but uh, see, I would prefer the emus were allowed in there just to wreak havoc. If you're gonna like. If you're going to have animals in a bar, in Japan they have tons of penguin bars. There was a bar in the Caribbean that had a penguin that was like exchanged. Actually, I got to put this out to our listeners. There is a gas station somewhere in the U.S. that has an emperor penguin in it. And I think it's in like Wyoming. A real one? Uh, stuffed, stuffed now because it was somebody traveled back from Antarctica and then tried to exchange the penguin will, as a gift. I will tell you the story, Scotty. It was me. Do you know this? this. I, I know. Oh, okay. I think, I th- maybe even, it's Little America. It's a hotel. Oh, it's Little, America. Little America. It's in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And the guy, he was a he was an Antarctic explorer. And Pretty he good. brought two emperor penguins back as gifts for someone who owned the hotel both of them died in transit obviously because it was like 1892 and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing (laughs) tragedy and so then instead he had them stuffed and then he presented one of the emperor penguins to this guy and there's little america is a chain of hotels if you ever drive across the country 
go They're and good. stay there. They're super cheap. It's like $75 a night. And yeah. the rooms are like palatial. And they're all in the middle yes. of fucking nowhere. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it is in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And, uh, and it's like right when you walk in. There's this uh, emperor penguin in a glass case with this whole plaque explaining it. It's and, crazy what is, and what is the penguin's name? Because I need to know if I like the penguin or not. <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say its name was Carrot Stick. <laughs> Okay, that, good. Is yeah. that nice to you? Yeah, baby yes. carrots. It was baby carrots, the emperor penguin. Yes, okay, good. I, I now, now I feel like I can relax and really enjoy the story. Yeah, I'm happy that I, could, that I had that much memory about it. Uh, I, most, I, I had three details. I had Wyoming, emperor penguin, and Antarctica. So really I feel good. Like, yeah, man. Really um, proud of you. Do you guys ever go to the zoo and see birds walking around or in the airport and you see birds flying in the airport and you're like, you poor son of a bitch. Nobody cares about you at all. You are left out in the cold. <laughs> like, get away from me, you beautiful bird. <laughs> Scotty, will you send us home with a last story? I am. I'm going to give us an uplifting one, I think. Oh. Let me see. Oh, yeah, I got one. I Here do have one. Uh, This is from Bethy Kelly on Instagram. Thank you for sending this in. 103-year-old man. Oh, this was from this week. Uh, 103-year-old man breaks Guinness record for world's oldest tandem skydive. Um, This was written by Kathleen Hendry and Anthony Rivas. I will have to find out what newspaper. But Al Blaschke went skydiving for the first time in 2017 on his 100th birthday. Uh, He has survived the coronavirus, the Great Depression, and the Spanish flu. Now at 103 years old, he has become the oldest person in the world to do a tandem jump out of an airplane. Quote, Oh, ABC News. Uh, I never thought I would be around this long, he told ABC News. Uh, And I'm looking for ways to get out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for Uh, fun, adrenaline-fueled ways to end this horrible existence. (laughs) That is so funny. Um, uh, Blasky made his Guinness uh, World Record-breaking 14,000-foot jump <gasps> on Thursday. His wow. grandsons, who recently graduated from college, joined him in taking the leap. That is awesome. It's so great. Kurt, I look forward to you jumping out of a plane in 100 years or whatever, 70 years, 60 years, in, uh, with your two children and your grandchildren. Have either um, of you I- jumped out of a plane? It's so strange. I haven't. It's oh. strange that I- both of us have not. Because I, I would in a second. I would, I would in a do second. it. You would. We also yeah. have written. Both of us have written multiple ideas for TV shows that we almost got produced. We had one where it was going to be like we skydive with an alligator. Another one mm-hmm. was where we skydive and try and change the diapers on baby dolls and see yes. how many baby dolls' diapers we could change while skydiving. Yes. Remember that? One? <laughs> yes, that was really weird. Yeah, and they were like, baby, they were like, dolls will fall like missiles and they will break your nose and hands. And we were like, oh, okay. Uh, We tried to go out. The the alligator (laughs) dropping and killing someone. Yeah. It was, it was nixed pretty early on in the idea process, but. (laughs) I was supposed to go in Hawaii about three years ago. I was working on a show out there and we went snuba diving in the morning, which is like, it's like a boogie board. Yeah, so basically instead of scuba diving, it's you get the breather and the mask, and then you have a long tube that goes up to your tank is on a floating sort of little boat thing so above you, you so you don't have to carry anything and you don't have to get certified. 
And it's fun. You go like, I don't know, 25 feet down or whatever. It's cool. But then I got out and then they were like, guys, the weather's good today. We're going skydiving. And they were like, did anybody here go scuba diving today? And I was like, I went snuba diving. And they're like, you can't go. They're like, you'll get the bends. Like, you can't go underwater and then in the air in the same day, I guess, legally. So my one chance to jump out of a plane was thwarted. But I'll do it. Wow. I'll do it. Would you ever do it? No. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I am truly so risk averse like i want to keep both feet on the ground i need to protect the money maker i'm just like (laughs) so i'm i like that's why i'm always early like i never break rules like i'm such a good girl i'm just afraid that the one time i would do something that i Mm -hmm. would die like i just know i know the one time that i would do skydiving something would be wrong with the parachute or the whatever it is and i just i don't know it like it gives me anxiety thinking about it you know i never thought about that in the i just had like a flash now in that i don't think i would skydive now until like my kids graduated high school (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. because i would just want them to be out of the house in case i died (laughs) yeah i just think it's it's i i can't imagine that the adrenaline from jumping out of a plane would outweigh my fear of dying like i just think i would Mm -hmm. be so scared the entire time Mm -hmm. yeah well if you ever do it Kurt and I will come, and we will hold an air mattress. We'll we'll get uh, an air mat, and we'll wait on the. We'll dress like bozos on the ground, and we'll hold an air mattress, and just in case something goes, or a trampoline. Um, let me just finish this up because there's one funny sentence. And this Al Blaschke is a retired craftsman who built aircraft parts during during World War II. Oh my God! Yeah, he's the best. Um, so he after the jump. He said, quote, it was too short, which I love. And then he said, but I saw more than I thought I would with my eyes. So he, <laughs> I think he's going again at 105. Keep breaking your own record, Al. I'm all for this. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Al. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That was a nice one. That was a nice one to take us out on. Francesca, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, where can people find you? All that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, Decoded is back for season eight. And, awesome. Uh, Congrats. Yeah, I'm super wow. excited. The show is something that is really important to me. I'm filming right here in my living room, which has been a whole experience in itself. Wow. Um, so mm-hmm. you can watch Decoded on YouTube, just search for MTV Decoded or on Facebook. Um, and yeah, I'm available all across social media as Cheska, which is uh, the end of Francesca, Cheska Lee, L-E-I-G-H. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much, Scotty. Uh, we did it again. I just want to remind everybody, if you want to go and rate us and review us on iTunes, we would love it. And also, main thing is tell your friends. Tell your friends. Listen up to Bananas. And uh, hit up some merch if you want. I get a, Why not? We got new merch plans. coming out. Why not? Go wild. Go wild, go, guys. Thank you. Go Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. 
And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. <laughs>